Today on the Daily Scoop podcast from the Scoop News Group, a deep dive on the technical debt that plagues every agency. It's Monday, November 21st, 2022. Welcome to the Daily Scoop podcast. Every afternoon, you'll learn what's going on today in government. I'm the host of the Daily Scoop podcast, Francis Rose. Some programming notes coming on tomorrow's show. The Inspector General community has a new look at diversity, equity and inclusion in its own ranks. Two agency IGs will tell you what they've learned that can apply to your organization, too. That's tomorrow's Daily Scoop podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your shows, and always at thedailyscooppodcast.com. You'll get a new Daily Scoop podcast on Wednesday, too. Then we'll pause for Thanksgiving and be back on Monday, November 28th with a new show. Salesforce brings the public sector and customers together in the digital age to access the new Veteran Mental Health and Resiliency Resources module. Go to trailhead.salesforce.com. Agencies across government are taking on technical debt to modernize their organizations. The Labor Department's just one agency trying to move more of its money away from legacy systems to modernization. Gundeep Alawalia is Chief Information Officer at the Labor Department. Gundeep, thanks for coming on the program. Regarding technical debt, what's the definition of technical debt in your view? Welcome. So thank you, Francis, for having me. It is always a pleasure to talk to you and your your. Uh, uh, um, the constituents that, that listen to you, and, and it's always a pleasure. So technical debt, in my mind, uh, is, is uh, when an application or an IT system is unable to meet the mission needs. And when I say mission needs, they, it means the OSHA investigator getting out there to be able to inspect, uh, being able to pull the inspection history of the employer, for the employer to, to submit uh, uh, in, injury information to OSHA, to report to veteran uh, employment, uh, uh, how, to, how many veterans they have hired, et cetera, et cetera, right? So it's, it's, it's about the mission. If an application or the IT system is unable to do that, right? And now we've started measuring, and I'm glad we are in the government, the, the customer experience aspect of it as well. And, it's almost like CX and EX sort of go hand in hand for me because employee experience for me, these are the people who actually deliver the mission, right? And if you can't keep them happy, right, that they won't delight the end customer either. So it's a two-pronged approach and I'm glad we are, we are sort of looking at it. But if an application is unable to meet mission needs, it has technical debt, regardless of whether it's on the cloud regardless of whether it's got unsupported software on it, uh, et cetera, or not. So that's exactly where I wanted to go next, because I think there's an image or an implication in people's minds that technical debt is generally attributed to legacy applications, and a legacy application may be running perfectly fine and not generating technical debt. Am I hearing you right? That is correct. And that is where I, I, I actually want to the test for a, uh, 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 an application, whether it's, it's got technical debt in it or not, is if it is able to meet mission needs, is it able to delight the uh, uh, employees, is it able to delight the customers that are interacting through it? That is the definition for me, whether a, 
in uh, application as technical debt or not. Now, there are cert certainly uh, cybersecurity uh, uh, reasons, right? A and uh, considerations that come into play. Now, something might be super functional, but it, it has a cybersecurity hole. Of course, we need to plug in, and, and that is a, a bigger, uh, a different conversation. But technical debt, if you want to create a portfolio as a CIO and start systemically chipping away at technical debt, the way, the lens that you must look at it through is whether it is delighting your end users, whether it's functionally meeting the mission needs or not. That needs to be the top consideration. I appreciate the distinction that you made too between CX and EX. How do you go about evaluating whether something is incurring technical debt and the degree to which it's satisfying your external or internal customers? Right. So we, we have instituted several uh, uh, mechanisms, uh, Francis, to systemically interact with the program areas or mission areas between OCIO. We are one of the departments, one of the few departments where all IT or most of the IT is consolidated with the CIO, right? So we are not a federated, all uh, uh, applications are maintained by us, which means uh, uh, it is extremely important for us to remain in alignment with policy uh, uh, priorities uh, uh, and ever-changing needs from the program areas, right? So we have instituted two processes. One is a quarterly process, which I call joint business planning process which is uh, something that I brought from the private sector. We used to have this joint business planning with the CEO would, would come up with the top line priorities, right? Which is like our secretary of labor decides as to what the priorities are gonna be. Uh, and then uh, all the, the C-suite and, and the programs would come together and as to how to come make that happen. And we do a quarterly process in, in Department of Labor where I meet with the assistant secretary of every program area to decide what that quarterly uh, uh, infusion of cash is going to be and in what area, right? So I want to stop doing things that that they are, that are not meaningful for them. I want to start doing things that are meaningful for them. And I want to calibrate things. And in those meetings, this technical debt is absolutely apparent because they will come in and say, hey, I cannot do a, manage a grants portfolio of $23 billion unless I, this application is modernized and is able to do X, Y, and Z, right? So that is an indication for me. And then there are a whole slew of technical things that I'm watching already. Do, do, do these things have unsupported software in them? Uh, poems from a cybersecurity perspective, or do they have any chronic poems which we are unable to close? Right, uh, but most meaningful way to prioritize, and then I maintain a top fifty list, uh, uh, Francis, which is, uh, uh, which basically takes all of these things into uh, into consideration, and we come up with that. Now, I, I must caution people when I say top fifty, you have to apply the uh, the uh, appropriations lens on top of it, right? It doesn't matter if I have a, a application at number three, but I may not have any resources to apply to it, right? So, so there is a It's a very complicated model, but we've come up with this iterative way to keep revisiting our technical debt on a continuous basis, on a quarterly basis, right? And then addressing it accordingly. It strikes me that it's probably more of a matrix than it is a list, right? Where, I, where I, I you agree. plot different things, yeah. different yeah. places on the matrix, depending 
uh, on a variety of factors. So if it's a matrix, then Gundeep, what factor is horizontal on that matrix and what factor is vertical for you to then decide where you're going to plot each of these, let's just say 50 things that are on that list. Right. So, so the, uh, like I said, in a pure world, so we have a, a bunch of uh, uh, things that we have allocated, right? These technical things, right? I mean, unsupported software, cybersecurity, but then we apply uh, uh, these uh, uh, functional uh, inadequacies, customer experience, employee experience, secretarial priority, right? I mean, if, if the secretary says like, okay, I'm, I want to reduce excavation deaths in the United States or mining accidents this year, right? Then I need to have that conversation with MSHA and that, that is plotted on these matrix as well. Um, and and, and the, the applications move, right? Almost every quarter they're, they're, they are moving. And this is also, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about folks have focused on three, five-year plans in the past, right? Modernization plans, right? And I feel like they just don't work anymore, right? Because you, you, you don't have the right money in the right place. You don't have the right factors. Policy priorities are changing. Congress is changing. So it, it is almost moot to do three, five-year plans. And we should come up with this iterative way to def define and revisit your modernization plan every quarter. And that's what we've done, right? So we are like an agile uh, a modernization plan that is chipping away at technical debt one, one step at a time. How do you stay focused, though, on completion? Because it sounds like there could be so much agility that you might decide this quarter, these are the things we're working on. And then the next quarter, there are different priorities. And then maybe at some point you get a new labor secretary and that person has new priorities and so on. Right. No, I, and that's a, that's a great point. And I always tell people that approaching modernization as if you're buying a car that you buy once and then you remain current for like four years, eight years, you just have to do oil changes is the wrong way of looking at IT. Right? It is a continuous process. So if you think modernization is done, is once and done, then we will, you will definitely get into technical debt again. Right? Because the moment you stop modernizing, you start accruing technical debt in my mind. Right? Because the, look at the outside industry. Right? I mean, we just put out a mobile app uh, for timesheets for uh, wage and hour folks. Right? So if you are a a, a server in in, in, the, in a local restaurant and your your owner is trying to fleece you for, of your overtime money, you can use this timesheet and it's defensible by law and you can report it to wage an hour as to what, what it is on a continuous basis, right? Now, that, are, that is the kind of power we need to put in, for, in, 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 the, in the hands of our, our end users, right? Now, if you think that that timesheet app is once and done, you you are you're you're fooling yourself, right? So so Android will come up with new uh, 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 operating system updates. I have to keep it up on Apple Store. I have to make sure that people are using it in the right manner. Um, the the, the uh, user experience needs update updating ever so often, right? So it's a continuous process, Francis. The moment we think that we've done it once and now we will revisit this in three four years. That is the that is the mistake that I don't want to commit. So all of these things they just fall lower in your priority list, right? But they never fall off the list. 
you talked about the importance of the appropriations lens a couple of moments ago, Gundeep. Um, and I have a chart here from a blog post that you put up about technical debt a little while back. We'll link to that at the daily scoop podcast.com in the show notes today. Um, when you got there in 2016, you were spending, the department was spending about 10% of its IT budget on modernization. You've moved that to about a quarter of the money and you, you want to move that to about 40% eventually that you're spending on modernization. How are you moving that needle and how do you expect to continue to move that needle in a budget environment that may or may not yield more money, more raw dollars, a bigger top line? How do you move those lines underneath that top line, Gundy? So, first of all, you know, this measure is extremely important to me. This is, this is one of the things that I used to track in the private sector. And I think the private sector still invests a whole lot in developing new things. So operations and maintenance cannot be 90% of your portfolio. If that is the case, you're, you're, you're treating IT modernization as once and done, and then you're waiting for the next five, 10 year cycle, and the appropriation never shows up, right? So you're, you're, you're always gonna be behind. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that we have moved the needle uh, on this front. Uh, a couple of things that we have done. One is uh, we, have, uh, the, we have utilized the Modernizing Government Technology Act uh, 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 flexibilities and created a working capital fund, which is which allows us to uh, address multi-year modernization plans. Right, so I think that is a a key success for us. Uh, we are one of the agencies who's got the expiring funds authority for IT modernization, um, uh, and that is extremely powerful to fund many of these. Uh, sometimes. Uh, uh, these are less sexy applications that that may not meet get the catch the eye from from the the hill right so the expanding fund authority uh, allows us to combine these resources in in many ways and accelerate our velocity on on the id modernization path and increases that percentage on a, on an ongoing basis uh, as well um i will tell you you, you, we really have to get rid of the old uh, technology. Um, I, I, the story that I was uh, I'm, I was about to tell you before the podcast was, I remember one time I was trying to sell uh, uh, to the program area how great this new application in the cloud is going to be and how it's going to reform their life. And this guy said, I already do my work in 15 applications. Are you telling me that my life will be better if you give me a 16th one? And that was like a light bulb for me, uh, that you really have to get rid of the old stuff, which is actually consuming the operations and maintenance budget. So how do I track if I am putting old applications out of business and actually including them into the new ones and number of applications are dropping while functionality and customer experiences is, is increasing? If I track the macro uh, departmental spend between DME and operations and maintenance, which is what I used to do in the private sector anyways. So I'm going to continue stay, staying focused on that uh, and, and, and improve it further. So there's a natural evolution then that will help you at least get from that 25% number to that 40% number just by doing the refreshing and modernization efforts that you're naturally undertaking because you're uh, maintenance costs will go down because you're not working on this stuff that's 15 Absolutely. years old or whatever. Absolutely. And, and, and it is, 
I don't accrue new technical debt yeah. because now my portfolio is healthy. I am I am I am keeping up with technology rather than saying, oh, now it just moves into operations and maintenance mode, right? That 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 wage and hour timesheet app is always going to have a part of it that will require continuous modernization uh, on an ongoing basis. It was it was funny. There was there was this dispute between a server. Uh, in one of my, the restaurants I was visiting over the weekend, and I said, "Hey, download the app and start start tracking your your time. If your owner is not gonna, and I don't know if you know this, but the minimum wage rules for a serving community is different mm-hmm. uh, than the the minimum wages uh, elsewhere because the, of tips and etc." And I I I was uh, I was so happy that uh, you know I I could at least help this guy and and show them a way to to uh, uh, maintain their own time so that they can confront their their uh, uh, owner. You're not just the CIO of the agency. You're the evangelist for the labor department too, uh, I'm telling you, I feel so strongly. We are here to protect workers at the end of the day, Francis, right? And if we, we don't do a good job, uh, we, we will be in trouble as a country. Do you put numbers on technical debt or is that even possible? It, is, it, is there a way to assess this costs us this much or or we have accrued this much you know if i go charge stuff on a credit card i know exactly how much debt i have and i wonder if that's possible in this way as well so i think i think it is extremely hard to put a number on on these things right so it, it is a what if game right and if i have to put a, a number on how less than functional application is with the program area Program areas are very skeptical to to put that kind of a number on anything, right? Which because by definition now you're saying that I am delivering mission less than efficiently, right? And 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 it's very hard to do that. And plus, even if they're ready to do it, it's very hard to put a number on it. So I think there are some macro numbers that we have. Uh, I think the the mix of DME and operations and maintenance allows you to. Uh, have a general understanding of how healthy your portfolio is. Um, I think uh, there are other uh, chronic poems from a cybersecurity perspective, unsupported software. You can measure all of these things over time and and, and watch them go down, right? Uh, A decline over time. I think putting a number on functionality, right? Uh, Or or less how how it is hurting our, our efficiency or delivery is extremely hard, uh, Francis, and I've tried to do it, but then I've stayed away from it uh, uh, because I think the focus needs to be on healing the portfolio and improving velocity, uh, which addresses the other things automatically. The zero trust obviously is a, a really popular term, a buzzword in the cyber community, and you've referenced cyber a couple of times in this conversation, Gundeep. Is there an intersection between what you're doing and trying to retire technical debt and zero trust specifically, and and I know there's an intersection between what you're doing uh, re- regarding retiring technical debt and a, a more broad cybersecurity approach. What does that intersection look like? Uh, I think it, it is vital. It is a part of our strategy to uh, implement zero trust and the entire cybersecurity executive order, whether it's enhanced logging, whether it's multi-factor authentication, whether it's all of these things are ultimately... Uh, if your application is weak, right, or it it does not do the, it's not a modern uh, application uh, in the cloud, right? I, I mean, I remember people would argue with me that I don't want to go to the cloud because it's not secure. 
Now the conversation is we have to go to the cloud because we want to achieve that higher level of security. Mm-hmm. It is inherently encrypted. It is, it's got inherent distributed architectures. It's got the resilience that you need, right? So uh, modernizing applications and moving them uh, into the cloud is key to implementing the, those zero trust, uh, uh, the zero trust architecture and also securing them in a manner uh, that we don't have to worry about uh, unauthorized access or data loss uh, in that sense, right? So I think uh, the modernization strategy is core to implementing that cybersecurity executive order in my mind. Given what you described about the ongoing need to uh, examine your applications and understand where they are, modernize in the matrix and all of that, does an agency's technical debt ever get to zero or because of the evolution and the ongoing transformation that an organization should be undergoing instead of deciding we're at a a status, a a stasis at some point, we're not going to do anything for five years. um, Is there always going to be something that you're going back and working on? There is always going to be something that you'll be working on. And if you don't, you will accrue technical debt faster than, than you can, you can imagine. I will argue that the big uh, private companies have technical debt, and I have I have worked in, in in these large companies in my private sector days. I mean, if we think that uh, Walmart or Amazon, these folks don't have technical debt, we are fooling ourselves. But here's what they do: they never stop working on that technical debt, and that is how in the government we need to manage our portfolios as well, rather than this once and done approach. Right? Oh, I got the appropriation. Even the appropriation is like, uh, can, Congress, can you give me $6 million so I modernize for one time? Uh, and then after that, we, we don't do it. And that's why I am more interested in these working capital fund flexibilities, in these expiring funds flexibilities, because they do not feed that once and done uh, mindset. It is a continuous mindset. All the private sector is, uh, uh, is also having uh, technical debt. And so do we. So we can't stop working on it. And having zero technical debt is not a uh, is not something that is that is ever going to happen, right? Because the pace of technology is so fast uh, uh, that that you will always uh, uh, need to be I- investing in staying staying ahead. Do you have or do you want to have your own working capital fund inside the department in addition to leveraging? You've tapped the uh, technology modernization fund a couple of times, and you mentioned that earlier. But do you have your own fund similar to that within the department? Yes. So the uh, uh, fortunately, the department already had an administrative uh, working capital fund that we have expanded uh, when we did enterprise shared services. So all the, the consolidation happened and we've created a mission working capital fund that is uh, 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 we, we is targeted only on mission applications. Then we have so we have the infrastructure working capital fund, and then we have the mission side working capital fund inside. And when we get TMF awards and things like that, we bring it into the working capital fund and spend it appropriate uh, uh, according to that plan. So it gives us a little more flexibility. Uh, for especially for multi-year uh, uh, modernizations and reform. Gundeep Alawali, a ton more I'd like to discuss with you, but we're out of time. It's great to talk to you, my friend. Always good to talk to you, Francis. 
Uh, thank you for the opportunity. You can find a link to Gundeep's blog post about technical debt in today's show notes at thedailyscooppodcast.com. The number one CRM, Salesforce Customer 360 for Public Sector, is an integrated platform for public services. It features relationship management, case management, and lots more. You can learn more at salesforce.com slash government. The Daily Scoop podcast is available on all the podcast platforms. If you don't want to miss a show, subscribe and get the show every weekday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your shows, and on any device you get your shows. The Daily Scoop podcast is a production of the Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. James Mahoney and Carlin Fisher help me put the show together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. The Daily Scoop podcast returns tomorrow. Until then, I'm Francis Rose. Thanks for listening.